Is it the thought that counts? Is the title of today's sermon. Dad speaks about how we are called to the two most important commandments, and that they are all about action when we are consumed by a world of thought. So today, think about how you can show others that you love God and your neighbor, and go do it. Don't stop with the thinking. Love does, as Bob Goff says. Let us pray. Lord God, we say that we love to tell your story. We pray for us to have more love for you as you have for us. We long, Lord, for us to truly place you number one in our heart. Lord God, let that be our message. Let us truly mean what we say. And let us truly live what we mean. To go out from this place, not just within these walls, but in this world, seeking to love others as you have loved us. Not because, Lord, but in spite of. Pour out your Spirit in this message and in this time and in these words from the Scriptures. May it all be from you, Lord. May it all be about you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amy Lawrence, we want to invite you forward. We've got a gift for you today. And so I'd like you to, come, if you would, come on, Amy, just come open this gift. We, I was thinking about you all week, and I just wanted to get you a gift. And so would you open this gift for us this morning? Huh? Just a gift for you? Isn't it a neat gift? What, what do you think of it? You love it? What is it? Love? Oh, there's nothing in there. Well, actually, it was the thought that counted. Let's just <laughs> get it, get it, get it. <laughs> you got to leave it here. I need it for second service. <laughs> the thought that counts. Have you ever had someone say that? That, oh, it's the thought that counts. I was at an event a couple of weeks ago, and it was a, an event with all our clergy, and they had all gathered. And I cannot tell you how many times, if I per se truly had a dollar for everyone that said, uh, you know, I was thinking of you. In these last few months, I've been thinking about you. I, I didn't get a card or I didn't call. You know how busy we are, but it's the thought that counts. I had one man that literally walked up and said, you know, your dad was my best friend. I'm sorry I didn't get a card or call or come by, but it's the thought that counts. And that really hit me. Is love really just the thought that counts? Have you ever had a kid tell their parent, you know, I really love you, I don't tell you, I don't show you, I don't do anything, but mom and dad, it's the thought that counts. Have you ever had a spouse that has done the same? They really love you, they don't know how to tell you or show you, but you know, they're thinking of you. Is it really the thought that counts that proves our love for one another? I wonder if that would be the truth in God so loved us that He didn't do anything for us and He didn't give His Son for us. He really didn't waste His time with us, but it was the thought that counted. Love is more than a thought. Love is an action. Love is an action that causes a reaction, that causes a chain reaction in this world. If we truly love one another, the world will know it and the world will feel it. 
I remember a sermon illustration that my dad told me years ago, and I'm just now pulling it out, so bear with me. But he told this sermon about a group of scientists and monks that wanted to prove how electricity traveled. And he, they gathered 100 monks and others in the village, and they stood out in this huge field, and they all held hands. And they sent a bolt of electricity through one, of course they chose the monk first, one monk's hand, and every one of them felt it. Isn't that amazing? For me to truly just turn, Lisa, for me just to truly reach out and say, Lisa, I love you. And in a week's time, the whole world would know not only my love for you, but your love for whoever. And wouldn't that, I mean, that would be the amazing thing that we are about. And we are, though. That is what we're about. Of making sure that the world knows of God's love. It tells us that in the Scriptures very plainly that the commandment is to love. If you would turn with me to the book of Matthew, in Matthew 22, verse 34. We hear in this experience in verse 34 that they have been standing around, and for quite a time the Pharisees and the Sadducees have been questioning Jesus. They've been trying to trip him up. And they keep asking him, what is really his purpose? I think that's what really they're doing in this. And they keep saying, you know, really, Jesus, what are you about? And he goes in this verse 34, telling us truly what it's about. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees, oh, the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself. Think first of the first commandment, to love the Lord your God. How many times do we tell God, it's the thought that counts? I really love you, God, but I'm too busy to spend time with you, but it's the thought that counts. Or God, you know, I really do love you, and I would love to be faithful to you, but I'm really busy right now. It's the thought that will count. How many times the first and greatest commandment is broken because we're too busy, we're too selfish? How many times is the first commandment broken because we so love everything else more than we're willing to show God we love Him? It's like what we do many times to our own families and our children. We tell them we love them, and that's why we work so hard. We tell them, I love you so much, I'm willing to spend 12 hours a day away from you. But I'm thinking about you. I struggle so much with several of the new commercials out that show parents on the Internet contacting their kids to say, I really do love you, I'm thinking about you. I'm in this hotel room and I won't see you for a week, but I'm really thinking about you. We are busy, and life has taken us many ways, and in many senses to work means to provide and care for our kids, but is that more important than the daily, daily action of loving and telling our families that we love them? The first commandment, it said that that is what we are to do first, that we are to show and tell God we love them. How do we show and tell God we love them? The children know exactly. you got to spend time with God you got to hug people. you got to kiss people. Well, that's the same way with God. 
God is not at arm's length. He is right here. The way you tell God you love him is your faithful commitment to the life and family of the church. It is through daily prayer, daily Bible study, daily sharing your life with others and sharing him with others is how you show God you love him. To say, God, it's the thought that counts really negates the whole message of the Christian gospel because it was not the thought that counts because God so loved us, he proved it to us by giving his son. Out at Hinton, we used to do a program called The Zone, and it was a Wednesday afternoon program that started right after school and ran into evening, and it allowed every school-age child to come and to be loved and to be cared for. They fed them, had Bible study with them, had activities with them. They did all kind of things with the children to show them they loved them. But the thing that was so amazing was one day we were doing a lesson on how we were to be disciples, that we were to be evangelists to the world, and we said, who are the evangelists in your life? And, and I really thought this group of fifth and sixth graders would, would name sporting figures and actors and, act, and, actors and actresses and, and other people, and you know who they began to name? People in the church that had been faithful to them. Sunday school teachers and, and preachers that had come and, and, and youth that had been around them, they began to name these people that were a part of their life because they showed them love. So the first commandment is the greatest, to love God with everything you've got. On this Valentine's Day, I invite you to answer or to ask yourself, are you giving God everything you can? Are you giving Him all you love or are you and God a little separated right now? Are you and God taking a little time off? Or have you and God divorced yourselves totally because he expects too much from you? God so loved you, and all he asks is for your love back. But what's wonderful in this passage is he doesn't just stop there. He says, and the second is like this, because not only are you to love God with everything you've got, it goes on to remind us that the second greatest commandment is that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now jump with me, if you will, to the Scripture story that you know very well in Luke chapter 10. It says, who is our neighbor? And I'm going to need a little help. Uh, Brian and Liz, I'm just going to pick on y'all because y'all are there. Maybe you won't say no. And Ralph and Kim, if you guys will help me, just come around. And we got three, four, five. And uh, Taylor, Brendan, don't worry. Your reward will be in heaven. This is the wonderful story, and you know this story, and, and uh, I'll just have Taylor, you, you be the one that falls down, okay? Just be, well, I, and Brian has pants, too, well, and a dress, but uh, <laughs> he says, who is our neighbor? And they go on to say, if you'd like to follow with me in 25, chapter 10, it says, the experts were trying to test him, and they said, uh, what must we do to inherit eternal life? And he says, what is written in the law? And they said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. They're referring back to the commandment both in Matthew as well as in Deuteronomy. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And they said, well, who is our neighbor? And they go on to tell the story that we all know. Jesus replied, Taylor, if you would be, I'll change it. A woman was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Okay, I do. You and May may want to beat her up. Okay, just beat her up good. Kick her down while she's down. Okay, come on, give a good elbow throw. Good elbow throw. That, 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 ah! Taylor, that's not hurting. They're really punishing you. And then they took her money, took all her money. Oh, there they go. Her jewelry. No. And then they ran off. They ran off. <laughs> Look what we did. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? 
and they left her there for dead. Not laughing, dead. <laughs> then a priest, Ralph, would you be my priest? <laughs> Did not even have to. <laughs> a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. <laughs> It was perfect. That was really good. They, they really have not practiced, okay? They really, <laughs> we need to go on star search or something. So too, Kim, would you be a Levite? A very serious Levite, okay? The Levite came to the place, and when she saw him, she too passed by on the other side. <laughs> but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. <laughs> he went to him, or to her, I'm sorry, and he bandaged her, and he poured oil and wine, and then he placed her, now I did this system, but I didn't pick anyone to be a donkey, okay? He placed her on his donkey, <laughs> and he took her to an inn. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty, what's that? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> And he left her there at the inn, but he told the innkeeper, I'll be the innkeeper. He told the innkeeper that whatever, <laughs> I got to look here, look after her, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for every extra expense you have. Let's give our cast a great hand. <laughs> the wonderful job. Wonderful. Such a wonderful job. <laughs> so typecasting, it's unbelievable on some of these. This story is one we have heard for years, and it's been told, and it's been acted out, it's been put to music, but its theme is so simple, and yet I will admit to so hard to live out. Who is our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? Who is it that we are to see in need and to drop everything we're doing to care for him? Who is the person that we know in our life needs us badly and in spite of everything we've got going on that we just finally say, this matters more than anything else? Who is our neighbor? Is it someone near enough to us that they are so close we can't see them? Or is it someone that is so far away from us that we just almost justify we can't reach out to them? Who is our neighbor is our reminder that if we really love God, as he commands us to, then we are to love our neighbors as well. The two greatest commandments is to be who God calls us to be, that we are to reach out to a lost and hurting world with embraces of affection and forgiveness and grace, that we are not to spend our lives so worried about ourselves and our needs, which I admit, I'm already thinking about lunch. How about some of you? Aren't you? Or I'm thinking about this afternoon when I'd really love a nap, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Now, some of you are getting yours in church, and that's okay. I'm just I'm teasing. No one's sleeping. I'm teasing. <laughs> but I'm reminding I myself, I am selfish. Right, hon? Yeah, amen. I'm selfish. We all want our needs met. But we are reminded here that if we meet the needs of others, our needs will be met. Because the greatest need we have and we should have is to love. The greatest need in our very heart should be to fill ourselves with love and care for others. To wake up every morning and say, what is the world going to do for me today? 
To wake up every morning and say, well, if no one calls me, I'm not calling anyone else. To wake up every morning and say, I'll just wait and see if anyone's going to be nice to me. It moves us away from not only the second commandment, but the first. Because it says we are to love God. And if God is loved, then we are to be loved. And if we are loved, then we should not worry about what we will eat or drink or where we'll sleep or what we'll have. God will take care of that. He'll provide all our needs. And from the look of many of us, He provides our wants as well. He gives us everything. And all He asks in return is for us to give the world love. This Valentine's, we can do something very amazing. We can make sure it's no longer about us that day, but we can do as many acts of love and kindness to the world around us. Do you know how many people's lives would be touched as, as Lisa and I just grabbed hands? If we grabbed hands with those around us and just said, I love you, the world would feel love. They'd feel loved, and they'd want to love others. For a daughter-in-law to reach out to a mother-in-law that's hurting, for a child to turn to a father that they've been mad at. For a teacher to be a little nicer to a child that has really been a pain in the rear end. For the world to do those things that are for us to do those things that the world really doesn't think we will do. For us to make sure that we are people of love means that this world will be filled with love. God so loved us that all he asks is that we love him and that we love others. And who are others? Who are others, Mark? Who are the others? Everyone. That's exactly right. Thank you. They are everyone. They are ones that are like us and ones that are nothing like us. They are ones that we can't see, but we know they're out there hurting. They are neighbors right next to us and they're neighbors across the world. They are everyone. Everyone is our neighbor. I close with a story that I remember reading a while ago. It's about one of the monks named Denny Comer. He was a simple monk. That's all he basically basically do. Monks do amazing things. But his job basically was to study the Word, to be totally engulfed in God's love and teaching, and to really spend his life in a monastery. But something was different about Denny. He was not like the rest of the monks. He, probably like me, talked too much, thought too much. And he spent his life trying to think of things different to do at the monastery to the point that they said, Denny, if you want to do something, do something, but don't do it here. This is a place of study and reflection. Denny got a group of monks to step out of the monastery and to start a soup kitchen slash restaurant. The soup kitchen was for homeless children and youth that needed food. The restaurant were for the wealthy that needed to give. He lived out the first and second commandment. Then he did a great thing. He opened up this huge restaurant smorgasbord where people could come and pay to have an amazing meal. People that had the money and had the desire and had the appetites could gather in this restaurant for great food that these monks had cooked, and they would eat and they would pay, and every dime would be spent I guess you'd say in the kitchen. Because in the back of the restaurant was a huge open space where homeless children and youth came to eat free. Every day, twice a day, Denny would make sure that there were food for the hungry. 
What an amazing gift that was. He taught people that really didn't know quite how to love to love because they would pay for their food and all their money they didn't even realize was being used to feed empty tummies of children that were lost and alone, that were running and hurting. We have the same capacity as a church family to decide that there are things that you want to do and you feel called to do, that there are things that we want to do and we need to do. If we can just get past ourselves and make sure everything is about, as Mark said, everyone. Who is our neighbor? They are everyone around us that we can see and so many more that we can't that are in need. Love the Lord your God, the greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, the second greatest. And to do so with every ounce of your being, with your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul. This is God's message of love for us today. Let us pray. Lord God, help us remember that it's not just the thought that counts. To say, I'm thinking of you, God, and yet I'm too busy for you does not quite do it this Valentine's Day. Lord God, we have the amazing gift of being reminded that you didn't just think about us, Lord. You gave your son for us. You gave your son for each and every one of us. And Lord God, you love us all so much. And all you ask in return, Lord, is for us to love others, to forgive others, to accept others, and to live a life that shows that to the world. Lord, this special day, this special week of love, may we be the most loving people there have ever been. May people be overwhelmed by how we reach out to share you in a world that is seeking to know you in each and everything we do.